Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the final hour of power here on this Sunday afternoon edition of Overtime. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 105 before we dish things over to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. They get you warmed up for Nats baseball. Coming up in about 20 minutes, our pal J.P. Acosta, who covers the National Football League for SB Nation, is set to join the program. We will take a big-picture look at the National Football League as we get geared up for week number one of the regular season. We've been talking all things college football for the first couple hours of the program. Right now, we're about to get into the nitty-gritty, man, because this is the portion in the show where I let it all hang out. And I'll be honest with you. We're going to make a couple predictions here. As we move throughout the 12 o'clock hour, I say this about my predictions. I stand on everything I say. I mean what I say. And what I say should be gospel to you people. Let's just be honest, right? But I will change these predictions at some point during the season. Because I'm a smart guy. And I understand that you cannot make concrete assessments that you fully believe in without data and evidence. In reasoning, in logic, that's all I'm saying. So take what I say as gospel, but understand that it will change as the NFL season plays out. We got week number one coming up on Thursday Night Football. Chiefs and Lions, the fighting Dan Campbells on the road uh, to take on Patrick Mahomes in the reigning defending world champions. Their ring ceremony will be that night. But to me... The biggest storyline heading into week number one and heading into the opener between Kansas City and Detroit, first of all, the betting favorite right now in the NFC North via every sports book in America is the Detroit Lions and the Fighting Dan Campbells. I've said it all offseason since the schedule has been released. This is probably the worst possible matchup that Detroit could have had. They have so many new faces in the secondary. They bring over Chauncey Gardner-Johnson from the Philadelphia Eagles. He's now man in the safety spot for this group. They got Cameron Sutton. They bring over Brian Branch via the draft. A lot of new faces in the secondary right now for the Detroit Lions. Emmanuel Mosley gets signed via free agency. A lot of new faces on that defense. When you have all these new moving parts, having Patrick Mahomes... (laughs) As the opposing quarterback that you're going to face, good luck. Good luck. As far as predictions go, here's my first prediction of the afternoon. I think, and let me go via FanDuel and see what the actual spread is right now for Lions and Chiefs coming up on Thursday night. I think this may end up being the biggest point differential that we see in week one. That's how little faith 
I have in the Detroit Lions. I call it like I see it, man. That's how little faith I have in the Lions. Right now, Kansas City, six-and-a-half-point favorites. I expect that to change as we get closer to kickoff. Lions money line, plus 235. If I go and look across the NFL, only Arizona and Houston are bigger dogs this weekend. But I think Patrick Mahomes and company are going to put it on the Detroit Lions for the reasons I just mentioned. You can't have moving parts in the secondary and trying to communicate and learn coverages on the fly against Pat Mahomes. It just doesn't work like that. I'm excited, though, to see Justin Ross, the wide receiver from Clemson. He's been injured the past two seasons and hadn't really been able to get his career on track with Kansas City. I'm, I'm curious to see how much we see of Kadarius Tony. It's Kansas City or the field right now. You tell me why the Chiefs aren't going to repeat. Until I get concrete evidence during the season and I see flaws and holes in their armor, it's going to be hard for me to choose anybody outside of Kansas City. But I think that opener, that the NFL, this is what frustrates me, the NFL is drinking the Kool-Aid and listening to the fans out there. Why do I want to see the Detroit Lions in the first NFL action of the season? I, I couldn't have had a more random opening night. Why isn't it Philadelphia? Why is it a Philadelphia? Let's call it how it is. Because the Lions are those lovable underdogs. That's yeah, why. Lovable underdogs. Woo, woo, woo. Thursday night football, NBC. I love it. No, I don't. I don't. And if I was Jalen Hurts in the Eagles, I'd be pissed the hell off right now. Are you kidding me? Jalen Hurts coming off of one of the best Super Bowl performances ever at the quarterback position, and I can't be in prime time in week one? Get out of here, man. Get out of here. We'll make. A ton of more predictions before the show concludes here. We're in the final hour of power here on this Sunday morning edition of Overtime. J.P. Acosta set to join us in about 15 minutes. But right now, though, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the best segment in all the sports radio. Let's call it what it is. It's put up or shut up time for your boy. See the difference between me and everybody else? I'm going to stand on my predictions until I get more evidence to switch. But right now, I've teased it all show long. It's time. For the best segment at all sports radio, the best power ranking system in the National Football League. It's time for Nell's Super Six Pack. Nell's Super Six Pack. Three, three, two, two, y'all. One. There we go. You heard the big voice guy. It is time for Nell's Super Six Pack, my top six teams in the National Football League. As we get ready to enter week one, as we get geared up for week number one, I bring you Nell's Super Six Pack, my top six teams in the National Football League. We will go six through one. Number six, Lamar Action Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. To me, it feels like they're one of the more slept-on teams right now in the AFC. I love what the Ravens did this offseason, bringing in Odell Beckham Jr. You draft Zay Flowers in the first round. This pass rush is only going to get better. I love everything the Baltimore has going on. But the big thing for me with the Ravens and why I think they're going to have a ton of success this year is the offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, coming from the University of Georgia, where he's running a pro-style offense. He's going to allow Lamar Jackson to show off the cannon of a right arm that he has because everybody and their mother swears that Lamar Jackson can't throw the football. You watch. You watch. He is my dark horse MVP candidate, and he's the quarterback of what I call the sixth best team in the National Football League, the Baltimore Ravens. I talked about what they have on offense defensively. They're secondary amongst the best in all of football. Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Williams, the second year of Kyle Hamilton. Oh, not to mention the pass rush. 
when you have David Ajabo coming from the University of Michigan, when you got Odafe Owe coming from Penn State, when you got Jadavion Clowney coming over as a free agent signing, this group is going to get after the quarterback, and offensively, they're going to be a juggernaut. The Ravens come in at number six in those Super Six Pack, my top six teams in the National Football League. Number five, it may shock some people with this, but if you've been paying attention to your boy all summer long, there is one team in the NFC that is my absolute darling. I have a love affair with them. It is Geno Smith in the Seattle Seahawks. Pay attention. What they did this offseason, they arguably had the best offseason in the entire National Football League. This is a team last year that won 10-11 games, was competitive in the postseason, and they're not complacent. They're looking for more. They're looking for more. You draft Jackson Smith the Jigba in the first round, who is arguably the best wide receiver in this draft class. You draft Devon Witherspoon in the first round, who is arguably the best defensive back in this class. You add that to bringing back Bobby Wagner to be the inside linebacker for this group. Oh, and by the way, remember a couple of years ago, everyone was giving the Seattle Seahawks a bunch of crap because they traded a couple of first-round picks to the Jets. The guy that they traded for is going to be my comeback player of the year, Jamal Adams, ladies and gentlemen. Are we forgetting that he is arguably the best safety in football when healthy in terms of his ability to play the deep half and play in the box? Doesn't get much better than Jamal Adams. They also, they also went what I call bargain bin shopping. They went to the New York Giants and said, hmm, who's the best member in your secondary? It's Julian Love. I need him. Julian Love. Now a member of this Seattle Seahawks defense, slowly but surely they are trying to recreate the Legion of Boom. When you take a first-round corner in back-to-back drafts and you bring back the linebacker that was the architect of this Legion of Boom, you got me on your side, man. I think the Seahawks are going to shock some people this season. Number four in L Super Six Pack, my top six teams in the National Football League. It hurts me to have this team placed this low because you all know how I feel about nicknames. Joey Cartier Beansboro in the Cincinnati Bengals. I got him coming in at number four, and here's why. For one, Joe Burrow's nicked up. He just returned back to the practice field over the weekend. I'm not sure how much rust he's going to have to knock off during the beginning of the season, but it's something that I'm monitoring. Something else that has me worried about the Cincinnati Bengals, Leo Collins, one of their marquee free agent signings from the Dallas Cowboys. He is out. Suffered an injury early in camp. We don't know when he's going to come back. Orlando Brown Jr., though, to me, is going to be the big difference maker for this football team. He comes over from the Kansas City Chiefs. This is the guy that's been protecting Patty Mahomes' blindside the past couple of years, and I'm not supposed to trust him? I think the Bengals are in a good spot. The lack of practice time for Joe Burrow is why they come in number four. I told you these, these power rankings are fluid, and they will change throughout the regular season. If they come out week one and show that they're for real and they beat the brakes off the Cleveland Browns, which I'm not so sure that they'll do, then I will reorder and readjust them in my Super 6-pack. In terms of teams that I expect to take a step back this year, the Bengals are one of them. And it pains me to say it because I am a Joe Burrow believer. Number three, and they'll Super 6-pack my top six teams in the National Football League. Scrap, you're going to love this. Dirty Birds stand up. The Philadelphia Eagles, I think, come in at number three, the defending NFC champions. I love what they did 
Howie Roseman always keeping his foot on the gas in terms of off-season transactions. I think it's been great. But let's talk about some of the losses that the Eagles suffered this year. On the defensive side of the football, the team that led the National Football League in sacks a year ago, they lose one of their key, their key cogs in the middle. Javon Hargrave taking his talents to the Bay. will play alongside Joey Bosa and the San Francisco 49ers. I mentioned C.J. Johnson-Gardner. Excuse me, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. The interception leader from last year in the National Football League. He took his talents to Detroit. The linebacker position. You got two new starters. Kaiser White, gone. The other guy is so irrelevant, I'm blanking on his name. But insert the young pups in here on defense. N'Kobe Dean from national champion winner Georgia two years ago is now going to be manning in the middle of that defense. I think he's got all pro potential. We're going to have to see it, though. There's frustration right now within the locker room about Derek Barnett, one of the key pass rushers in this rotation that they have. He's upset. Will Philadelphia be able to flip him and get some more capital? I don't know. But I look at this defensive front and the big guy in the middle, Jalen Carter, who was, let's call it what it is, he was the best prospect in this year's draft. Philly gets him at the number nine overall pick, and the rest is going to be history. He is going to be the defensive rookie of the year. Mark my words. This team led the league in sacks last year. He is going to do it as an interior defensive lineman. I think after year one, Jalen Carter will be considered one of the top five guys at his position. It ain't even going to be close. The only concern I have with Philadelphia, and if you've paid attention to me this offseason, I've been very adamant about it. I need to see if Jalen Hurts can duplicate last year's MVP-like performance. It is so hard on a year-to-year basis in the National Football League to put up the numbers that Jalen Hurts put up. Can he build off of his historic Super Bowl performance? I don't know, man. He's the most insulated quarterback in the National Football League. Philadelphia had big-time injury luck last year, and I just wonder if their luck's going to run out at some point. But they are, right now, number three in those Super Six-Pack. Number two in those Super Six-Pack, my top six teams across the National Football League, and it pains me to say this. It really does, because I bleed burgundy and gold. Number two in Nell's Super Six-Pack, my top six teams in the National Football League, number two is none other than Dakota Rain Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. They're growing on me. They are. I hear all the noise about Dak and the big-time contract figure he's got next year and a restructure could be on the way. I get it. I get it, but the last two years as a starting quarterback, Dak Prescott has won 24 football games, ladies and gentlemen. I don't care that he led the league in picks last year. What I care about when I'm going through my power rankings, I want to see teams that clearly got better. The Dallas Cowboys, their biggest deficiency a season ago, they didn't have a deep threat. They filled that in by trading for Brandon Cooks. And they didn't have a good corner opposite Trayvon Diggs Insert former All-Pro corner Stephon Gilmore. You tell me what holes that the Dallas Cowboys have on this roster. Oh, and not to mention, they have arguably the most dominant defensive player in the last three seasons of Michael Parsons. If I had an MVP vote, I'm telling you, this is the year that I feel like we already know Michael Parsons plays like a damn man possessed. This year, though, I think Michael Parsons is going to be an MVP finalist. He is going to have that 
significant of an impact. I'm high on Dallas. This offensive line is a group that kind of worries me a little bit, but they just re-upped Terrence Steele to a big five-year extension, $51 million guaranteed. So so this offseason, they've locked up Terrence Steele, part of their core. They've locked up CeeDee Lamb, a big part of their core. And they've locked up Trayvon Diggs, another big part of their core. Dallas doing everything the right way. I just wonder if offensively they can hold up their end of the bargain. Because let's make no mistake about it. The reason the Dallas Cowboys have fallen short the past couple of seasons is not because of this defense. It's because the offense can't score points when it matters the most. Number one, Anel's Super Six Pack, my top six teams heading into week number one of the National Football League season. I'm not an idiot, so you know who it is. Patty Mahomes, the GOAT, and the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm concerned about Chris Jones not being in the lineup, but as long as 15 is under center, you know I feel like you got a chance. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll take a big-picture look at the National Football League. Our pal J.P. Acosta set to join the program. He covers the NFL for SB Nation. We'll ask him to give his reaction to the NL Super Six Pack, my top six teams in the National Football League heading into week one. I'll recap before you hear real quick. Number six, the Baltimore Ravens. Number five, the Seattle Seahawks. Number four, the Cincinnati Bengals. Number three, the Philadelphia Eagles. Number two, the Dallas Cowboys. And number one, the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll get J.P. Acosta of SB Nation to react to that next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. We are simulcasted over on our sister station, the Team 980, and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 105 before we hand things over to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. They'll get you tuned up for Washington Nationals baseball the fellas were on a heater before this series with the Miami Marlins. Losers of three straight. They lost their series against the Blue Jays. But before then, winners of seven straight series. So I guess you got to cool down somehow. You can catch all of the action right here on your flagship home for Washington Nationals Baseball 1067. The fan. We've been talking all things college football uh, throughout the first couple hours of this show. Just gave you Dell's Super Six Pack, my top six teams in the National Football League. Right now, though, as promised, I'm going to go out to the BetQL guest hotline. We are joined there by my pal J.P. Acosta, who covers the National Football League and college football 
for SB Nation. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Acosta32 underscore. JP, what's going on, my man? Nothing much. Thanks for having me on again. No problem, man. You're you're a great guest. Love talking to you and love talking ball. Uh, First of all, before we get to the NFL stuff, just want to get your reaction to what happened yesterday at TCU. 110-degree weather. It was probably way hotter than that on the field. Travis Hunter doing something that somebody in my age demographic, JP, has never seen before. A guy playing 140 snaps on offense and defense, being the number one wide receiver and the number one corner. In terms of the mockery that was made of this program before the season, when you see what happened yesterday, what was your initial reaction? So I think multiple things can be true about this Colorado team and about what Deion Sanders has brought to Colorado. The first thing that's true is this team has a lot of talent at the skill positions. Shadur Sanders has always been a very, very good quarterback. Of course, there were going to be questions about how his play would translate to the FBS level after playing at Jackson State. But the people who knew and who watched him at Jackson State knew this was this is a Sunday quarterback. He was making all the throws yesterday. He looked so much calmer and under control. And then the skill position talent is insane. We talked about Travis Hunter, who had over 100 yards receiving and also picked off a pass if you want anything else from him. like it, <laughs> He could probably play every snap, both sides of the ball, if you wanted to, but you just – Deion Sanders couldn't do that to him. Right. Dylan Edwards also played fantastic at running back. Jimmy Horn Jr. played really well. So this team has a lot of talent at the skill positions, but I also think they have some issues with depth. And that's going to happen when you transfer in a bunch of guys. Right. Like the, There's going to be a lot of guys who transfer out, a lot of guys who transfer in. And that's something you really can't create that true too deep because your best guys are the starters. And the people behind that, you're just not, sure, not really sure about. But what we do know about Colorado from yesterday, they were, they were a well-executing team who has stars, potential superstars at skill positions. I want to talk a little bit more about the opening or the second weekend of the college football season here real quick, JP, because after watching yesterday and watching all of the elite quarterback performances, it's only happened three times in, I believe it's 2021. I believe it's 1999. And I'm missing the other year where we had five quarterbacks drafted in the first round, 2021, 2018, 1999. It's only happened three times after watching yesterday's slate of games. And then you got two guys that maybe in that conversation at the end of the season tonight, Do you think we are getting ready to enter the golden age of quarterback play, not just in college, but in the National Football League? Um, You know, it's tough to say because when you say, like, golden age, it's like it's something that, like, you it really is hallowed, like the level of talent that's entering the league and that's already in the league. But I do think you make a good point with the college quarterbacks that are still in the league. I think – the transfer portal at NIL has helped guys who were kind of on the fence about staying or leaving for college. It kind of convinced them to come back another year to transfer if they, if they want to, kind of like a Bo Nix did transferring from Auburn to uh, Oregon, excuse me. And now he is potentially looked at as one of the top quarterbacks to enter the NFL draft. Michael Pratt at Tulane played mm-hmm. a fantastic game yesterday. He's, a, he's another potential sleeper in this quarterback class, but I do kind of think you're onto something here with this golden age of quarterbacking, especially when it comes to the way that offense is played in, in football, not just at the NFL level, but high school, college level. Rules are made now to help a team score more points. 
And the quarterback is the engine behind that. There are a lot of kids now, a lot of training and development for specifically playing quarterback. So you're going to get guys who are just going to be more talented at the position. So I think we are entering a true golden age of quarterback play. I don't think it's going to be reflected in the NFL draft with like five quarterbacks going in the first round. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Really? But I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I can. Are there? Are, are you saying my, there's not enough QB needy teams, or you just don't think the guys are talented enough? I don't think there's a lot of QB needy teams. It depends on. It it really depends on a lot of teams who are kind of playing like bridge starters or guys right. that don't have a lot of experience. Like, you know, with Desmond Ritter in Atlanta. Things can go south real quickly, and they mm-hmm. look for a quarterback. But you, you don't—you just don't know with that team. I think there are a lot of guys who are there are a lot of teams who are still like trying to figure out what they have in their young guys who uh, will probably stick with them for a while. But I just—I wonder how many teams are actually going to be quarterback needy when it comes this time next year. And we're talking about the NFL draft. I also kind of think after mm-hmm. Caleb Williams, Drake May. I do wonder who's going to step up and become QB3 in this class. There are a whole bunch of guys who can take that spot. And while I talk, while it serves as like a compliment to the depth of this class, I also think that Drake May and Caleb Williams are two of the better QB prospects that we've seen potentially since the Trevor Lawrence and uh, Trevor Lawrence year in 2021. Yeah, that's interesting because. To me, especially after what we saw from Drake May last night, it wasn't – he didn't look like the number two overall quarterback in the class last night. I'll, I'll just say that in terms of some of the misses that he had, the two interceptions. When you look at guys like Michael Penix for Washington and Shador Sanders uh, from Colorado that's kind of bursting onto the scene now, and then even, and then even when you look – and then even when you look at a guy like Quinn Ewers – and then when you look, I mean, there, there's such Bo Nix. There, there's good quarterback play all across the country. In terms of the quarterback needy teams, I'll read off some some potential teams to you, JP, that I think could be in the quarterback market next year. You mentioned Atlanta with Desmond Ritter. I don't know if Brock Purdy comes back to earth and, and the, the, the other shoe drops and he's an average jag, do you think San Fran is back in the quarterback market? Washington, if Sam Howell does not pan out, could be back in the quarterback market. New Orleans, who's got a bridge starter right now, and Derek Carr that they just paid a lot of money to. But he they're another team that I feel like maybe could go quarterback next year. The Rams, not knowing Matthew Stafford's health and future moving forward. Arizona, well, first of all, Arizona's got to be the team to me that I'm, I'm trying to get off of Kyler Murray as quickly as possible to get my hands on one of these young signal callers. Denver with the ugly Russell Wilson contract. Vegas with porn star Jimmy. Minnesota with my cousin Kirk. I just feel like there's there's an opportunity for so much turnover next year at the quarterback position, and I think it has a lot to do with the guys that are coming out. But tell me why. I mean, who do you think, out of the guys we saw yesterday, do you think they can go in and start right now? Right now, in terms of going in and starting for an NFL team, I'm still going to say Caleb Williams, Drake May. I think both of those guys can come in, start right away. I think – with guys you mentioned, like Michael Penix, I love the arm talent. Love mm-hmm. the arm talent. Joe Penix. Milton. It's just casual, casual arm strength with Penix <laughs> and Joe Milton. We saw, we saw the ADR touchdown he threw on, like, the second play of the game. That's like, insane. that's just effortless arm talent. But I do wonder how translating from the Tennessee offense is going to 
kind of hurt his draft stock. You know, we saw it kind of with Hendon Hooker before he tore his ACL. And, you know, coming from that offense, that's very much you're not asked to make a lot of reads. You're not asked to go through a lot of progressions in the offense. I wonder what his draft stock will look like if he manages to have a Hendon Hooker type of year statistically. You know, you look at a guy like Bo Nix. Again, a lot of the super seniors that are going to be entering the draft this year, like Bo Nix, Mm -hmm. like Jordan Travis at Florida State, we're going to see tonight. Jaden Daniels, another guy. We just wonder, like, what is the ceiling when it comes to NFL potential? You know, I think these guys can be starters. I just wonder, in Jordan Travis's case, love Jordan Travis, the player, love the athlete. I wonder how long his body can take a lot of the hits at the NFL level, which is something we'll we'll see. We'll see. But I do think there are a lot of guys where it might not be surefire like NFL stars. There are a lot of guys in this QB class that can be developed into quality starters. Right. That's why fit is so important to me when you're drafting a young signal caller. Yeah. Yeah. And – it's really interesting going into the draft this upcoming year because, like you said, potential for a lot of turnover. Yeah. Like you said, with Kirk Cousins, you know, Kirk is entering the last year of his contract. There have been a lot of rumors that the Vikings are looking to rebuild. They're looking at Kevin O'Connell and Quasio Dofo Menza. They're looking to tie themselves to a quarterback. You know, they're looking to get that franchise guy from Minnesota. So they could move on from Kirk Cousins this year. They could trade him. They're kind of – what Quesi Dopaminsa said when he was hired was they're going to competitively rebuild. Yeah. Maybe it's time for the rebuild part to start kicking in instead of the competitive. <laughs> like he said with Arizona, yeah, yeah. probably on his way out because Arizona's just bad. Like it's just top nothing. Top to bottom, JP. It's, it's, it's just top shot. to bottom. Rockers just not great. Um, you know, you talked about the Rams. They're, again, their roster also kind of bad. Defensively, they're really bad. And they're starting a whole bunch of rookies. And around Matt Stafford, you never know how that's going to work out. So there's this potential for a lot of guys not only to be new starters from the NFL draft, but there's a lot of potential for guys to be traded. There's a lot of movement amongst already established quarterbacks, you know. So maybe a team like San Francisco, like you said, what if Brock Purdy falls back down to earth? Maybe they swing for a more established veteran, you know. It's kind of like (laughs) – you know, it's kind of like what Sean McVay and the Rams did in trading Jared Goff mm-hmm. and getting Matthew Stafford in return. And look what happened. They went and won the Super Bowl. Maybe they need to go get that kind of guy. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens this offseason, especially among the teams that probably going to need a quarterback, but they're not exactly one quarterback away from truly contending. JP, let's look at the National Football League big picture here as we get geared up for week number one of the regular season. I got the week one slate in front of me because I already previewed Lions and Chiefs. I don't think that one's going to be very competitive. Who do you think is on upset alert in week one? Hmm. Upset alert week one. Let me pull. Up, let me pull up the schedule. I'm about for to say because I got a couple. I got a couple of teams that, that that I have in mind that I think are on upset alert and. I want to start with 1 o'clock on Fox. I think the 49ers are on upset alert against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think this Steelers team is ready to break through that proverbial glass ceiling. I'm excited to see year two of Kenny Pickett. And I don't know if you noticed, JP, during the preseason, this may be the only team in the National Football League that has a quartet of pass rushers. When you look at Alex Highsmith and T.J. Watt and, and, and 
Marcus Golden, and Nate Herbig. I mean, they got four dudes that can legit get after the passer. I think offensively, they're tough as nails. George Pickens is, to me, going to prove himself as one of the elite receivers in, in the National Football League. Allen Robinson signing feels like it just has gone under the radar and no one's talking about it. The offensive line, to me, is improved, bringing in James Daniels. What do you think the Pittsburgh Steelers have to offer in terms of how competitive they're going to be in the AFC? I think it's going to be really interesting to see how competitive they are, not only in the AFC, but in an AFC North that will probably feature four very good teams. And, again, you only have seven spots in the playoffs. So it's going to be fun to see how they shake out. Defensively, I love their talent. I love how they're coached. I love top to bottom. They went and got some really good inside linebackers. Landon Roberts is going to is going to massively improve their help in the run game. Getting a healthy T.J. Watt back is obviously crucial. But the play of Patrick Peterson, Joy Porter Jr. that mm-hmm. should be very critical for them, especially in a passing game. You got to play the Bengals two times a year. You're going to have to play the Ravens two times a year, and then you're going to have to play the Browns. But they're $230 million quarter, dollar quarterback. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do defensively. Offensively, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah. They have the but I just don't trust Matt Canada as an offensive coordinator. That offense last year was anemic, a lot of problems, starting with Matt Canada as offensive coordinator. Sure, you can go get more talent, but the coordinator still got to call the plays. So I'm not, I'm not, as, I'm not as high on the Steelers just because of who they have calling plays on offense, but the talent is there for them to be really good. JP, I appreciate you giving us some time as always, my friend. I, I butchered the clock. We are up against it. Uh, so we will have to cut this conversation short. We will tap in with you throughout the duration of the NFL season, my friend. Be well. For sure. Anytime, man. Yes, Anytime. That is JP Acosta, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you follow his work and read his work on SBNation.com, covering the National Football League as well as college football, JP, simply one of the best. We will take a quick timeout when we come back as promised. Little NFL superlatives for the regular season. I'll give you my award winners, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, coach of the year, all that and more coming up next here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back. It's overtime here on 106.7 The Fan and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking it up to 105 before we hand things over to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. Right now, though, final solo endeavor before the start of the regular season. I want to get some official predictions out there on the line. Go NFL superlatives. Coach of the year, defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, MVP, the entire nine. 
coming up next right here on The Fan. I'll be honest with you. In terms of in terms of who I think is going to shock some people, in terms of a team in the National Football League, I told you all I'm high on the Steelers. I'm high on the Seahawks. I'm also high on the Tennessee Titans, which is why the first superlative that I will release is Coach of the Year. I think Mike Vrabel of the Tennessee Titans is in the driver's seat right now to win Coach of the Year in 2023. Call me crazy. You can say that I'm tripping and the Titans stink. I, I just feel like that is a group in Tennessee that is like a sleeping giant. And I really do believe that they are going to have every opportunity, in my opinion, uh, to not only make the playoffs, but go pretty far as well. Defensive player of the year is what I'll go with first here. Michael Parsons of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to put it out on paper and put it on the record now. I think he wins your defensive player of the year. I don't think it's close. I don't even think he's going to be an MVP candidate uh, throughout the season. My offensive player of the year. I talked about him in my Super 6 pack. Lamar Action Jackson, I think, is going to be your offensive player of the year. I think what he is going to do on the ground and through the air is going to be some of the most spectacular stuff we've seen in a long time. I think new offensive coordinator Todd Munkin is going to be perfect for him. My defensive rookie of the year resides in the city of brotherly love for the Philadelphia Eagles. I think Jalen Carter and the impact he is going to have on that defensive front and the sack totals he's going to be able to get uh, is going to allow him to walk away with defensive rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. This was tough to try to sort through and see who I thought was going to win this one. The local cat, Frederick Zone, Montgomery Village's Zone, Jordan Addison, uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. I think all the attention that Justin Jefferson is going to get is going to allow Jordan Addison to go one-on-one against some number two corners in the National Football League, and they ain't ready uh, for what Jordan Addison, what Threeski's got going on for him. I think he has a big-time uh, rookie campaign uh, and is able to put his name on the map and consider him and Justin Jefferson one of the best wide receiver duos in the National Football League. My MVP. Of the 2023 season, baby Jesus himself, I think it's going to be Justin Herbert. Uh, I look at him with new offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. They draft Quentin Johnston uh, out of TCU. I think him with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, they're a juggernaut offensively. If this offensive line for the Chargers can stay healthy, they are going to be a juggernaut. I think this is the year uh, that they actually get over the top. We will take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll do things burgundy and gold style. I'll give you my Washington Commanders record prediction and whether or not I think they make the postseason. That is next here on The Fan. Let's go on the record here, man. Got about two segments left to go in the program. I, I want to put something. I'm going to put something in ink. I want to put it in wax, so to speak. Washington Commanders record prediction. I'm not even, I'm jumping right into it. I did this last weekend, well, last week on the Kevin Sheehan Show. It was in all week with Rick Doc Walker and Denton Day holding down the fort. Cardinals, week one, W. Broncos, week two, W. Bills, week three, W. I think they lose on the road to Philadelphia. I think they win at home against the Bears. I have them starting out 4-1. and one. 
But it's this pivotal stretch during the season where I think they're going to struggle at. At Atlanta. I think they go out and win that football game. They're 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 five and one. I think they lose to the Giants. Puts them at five and two. I think they beat the Philadelphia Eagles, which puts them to six and two. I think they lose at New England, six and three. I think they lose at Seattle, six and four. I think they lose to the New York Giants. Six and five. I think they beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Seven and five. I think they beat Miami. At home. Eight and five. I think they beat the Rams on the road. Nine and five. I think they lose to the New York Jets on the road. Nine and six. I think they beat San Francisco and Dallas to be Taki hot. As the end of the postseason, I see 11 and six for the Washington Commanders. That's what I feel. That's how I feel. 11 and six, and I do think that's good enough for them to punch their ticket to the playoffs. I don't know if it'll be as a wild card. I don't know if 11 and six will be good enough to win the NFC East. I look at this schedule, I see 11 wins. And this is based off of what I've seen during training camp. And this is based off of my buy-in to the Eric Bieniemy effect. This is my belief and my buy-in to the Eric Bieniemy effect. You see the impact that Dion had on that Colorado program over the weekend? I think we're going to see something very similar here in Washington with Eric Bieniemy and the impact that he has on the offensive side of the football. In terms of holding guys accountable, in terms of putting guys in the best position to succeed, And in terms of just getting guys to believe, Washington has been one of the bottom 10 offenses in the National Football League since Ron got here. I think it changes in 2023. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, one final segment before we dish the rock to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. That's next here on The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.